welcome to a new episode of Time to Shine. This is your host, Oscar Santolaya. Time to Shine presents you interviews with successful public speakers who share their experience and secrets with you in a weekly podcast. Hello, and thank you for listening to this show today. Please try to remind the last time you saw a presentation and you felt that it was inspiring or beautiful. Unfortunately, many presentations are not. Our today's special guest will tell us why presentations must be inspiring and how to make them inspiring. Adam Tratt is co-founder and CEO of HaikuDeck, a software company based in Seattle. HaikuDeck motto is presentation software that inspires. Adam has years of experience in marketing, business development, startup, and of course, he's an outstanding speaker who loves storytelling. Hello, Adam. Welcome to the show. Hey, hey Oscar. Thanks so much for having me today. I'm so happy to have you here, Adam. Adam, could you tell us more about yourself and your projects? Sure. So, um, I, as you mentioned, I'm co-founder of Haiku Deck, which, uh, which is an iPad app and a web app for mm -hmm. creating flawlessly beautiful presentations. Um, so uh, my co-founder, Kevin Lenaway, and I are based in Seattle. We've got a small team of folks that are equally passionate about helping our community, which now numbers in the millions of people, to create better, more inspiring, more impactful uh, stories and, and presentations every day. Awesome. I also saw that you have been, of course, pitching the pitching Haiku Deck and your previous project. I saw you one talk in this Ignite talk. Could you tell us since when you are involved in, in public speaking? Sure. Well, I mean, for me, it goes way back. It, when I was a, a high school student, uh, you know, from, from the time I was 14 years old, I did debate uh, at, at school as an activity. So I've, I've always been a public speaker. And, um, and then as an entrepreneur, Uh, and, and salesperson it, it, and as a marketing person, it's become a central element of, of um, the work that I do every day you know, throughout my career. Um, from my first job as a product manager working on Office at Microsoft mm -hmm. uh, through, um, through today. Okay. And could you tell us now how HaikuDeck started? What was the motivation to create it? Yeah, it's a great story there. Um, my co-founder and I met through a startup accelerator program called Techstars, which is um, a program that was born in uh, a different city here in the U.S. called Boulder, Colorado. And, uh, and eventually they, they brought it to Seattle. And the way Techstars works is you have 650 companies compete to get into these 10 spots mm -hmm. in the program. And, um, and then you spend three months honing your your pitch and and mm -hmm. at the end of the three months you stand up in front of a room full of 500 investors and you and you present to them with the hope of of uh gaining investment so at the time there were three co-founders of the company uh actually i'm sorry at the time there were two co-founders and i was not one of them mm -hmm. um but it was my co-founder kevin and and um another guy who was a very talented illustrator and designer And he made the most amazing slides you've ever seen. They were, you know, he's like a professional cartoonist. And, um, and so at the end of Techstars, I joined the company. And, and for the first time in my career, I had this incredible resource uh, 
on my team, this, this guy who was a, a visual storyteller like no one else I've ever met. And, and, and his slides just, they were magic. I mean, they looked so good and they would knock everybody's socks off. So the idea when I joined the company had nothing to do with presentations. It had nothing to do with um, productivity or storytelling. In fact, our idea was we wanted to make celebrity-based Facebook games. So back in 2010, you may remember that people were very excited about Farmville on Facebook. Mm. Facebook, And we wanted to make uh, take a game like Farmville and work with celebrities to try and get a lower um, cost for bringing customers in. So we went out with one of uh, my co-founder's amazing presentations, and we were able to raise a bunch of money based on that crazy idea. And, um, and we launched our first game, and it was a, a huge flop. And, uh, and so we started to do what startups are supposed to do, which is find, you know, take what we've built and what we've learned and pivot to figure out where, where we should go next. And we tried that a couple times. And, and eventually we ended up in a spot where not everyone on the team was happy. And one of the people who left the team at that point was our very talented illustrator and designer. And so it left uh, Kevin and I uh, we're the last ones standing, and we, we had to make a presentation one day to to shore up our investors' confidence in us and, and tell them, here's what we did, here's what we learned, here's why it didn't work, here's what we're going to do next. And for the first time, the two of us were faced with this challenge of making a presentation without our talented designer. <laughs> and um, my, I mentioned that my first job out of university was working at Microsoft on Office as a product manager. And Kevin also uh, used to work at Microsoft. And the two of us realized that the, the issue here is not that we don't know how to use PowerPoint. We both, you know, it's one of the tools that we primarily used throughout our career. The issue was that we are not designers. Mm -hmm. And the reason we struggle with PowerPoint, and the reason we started to argue over who had to make the presentation for the investors is because neither of us felt very comfortable with our own design abilities. We were really missing our, our departed co-founder at that point. And so that's when Kevin had this incredible idea. He said, you know, we live in this age of mobile technology. The, the iPad uh, wasn't brand new at the time. Right now, the year was, a, it was, it was early 2012. The iPad had been around for a little while, but it was still primarily a device for content consumption. Um, people were using it to watch movies, and they were using it to read the newspaper, but there wasn't a lot happening in the way of creativity mm -hmm. on the iPad. And so his big idea was, what if we did for PowerPoint what Instagram did for Photoshop? That is, make the design part something that's accessible to everybody. And what if we imbue upon our users this superpower of design abilities? And my reaction initially was, that's a crazy idea. You know, you, you, can't, you cannot slay the dragon that is um, it's PowerPoint, right? I mean, the, the, the road to failure is paved with, uh, with tombstones from companies that have tried to take on Microsoft on their sort of home turf. And, but the more we started to peel back the layers of this, of this idea, the more we saw a few things emerging, right? We, what we realized is that, that the presentation software category came, upon, came, came about um, around 25 years ago. And it was an amazing technological improvement upon the overhead projector, which is what came before. Um, but in that 25 or so years, the category has stayed roughly the same. Mm -hmm. um, it 
it has not kept pace. The technology has not kept pace with the internet, has not kept pace with the fact that we are now sharing stories every day through social channels from Twitter and Facebook to Pinterest and Tumblr. Um, it has not kept pace with the reality that, that um, people are now mobile professionals and they take their technology with them and they need access to tools on their phone, on their tablet, and on their desktop computer. And so when we started to peel back all of these layers, we realized, okay, there, there really is an opportunity here. But the opportunity is not to rip off PowerPoint. It's not to try and take one of these traditional tools. And, and I use PowerPoint sort of loosely as the category leader. But the reality is there's mm -hmm. two dozen PowerPoint-like tools that, that approach presentations in a traditional fashion. What we did is we went out and we looked at what did the presentation experts say about best practices? And how can we productize those best practices so that we can turn the average person into a presentation superstar? And, um, and to be honest, we found there were four things that rose to the surface, four best practices that all the presentation experts recommend. They are use one idea per slide, uh, reinforce your idea with a very powerful, beautiful image, mm -hmm. have consistency in your formatting, and if you must use a chart or graph, uh, make it simple. That was sort of the, th those are the four principles. And so we started to pull together a product around those four principles. And, and essentially, what we, uh, what we did is, is we optimized for the iPad because that was, that was the platform that was emerging at the time. And, um, and when we launched it in middle of August, it was clear instantly that we had hit a nerve. Um, so if you flash forward to today, we have two and a half million, actually almost, uh, I think we're, we're at almost at 2.7 million downloads for iPad. And, uh, and we've since brought the app from iPad only to being available on the web because we heard from lots of users, hey, I, I don't have an iPad, but I really like what you've built. Or, hey, I do have an iPad, but my, my kid is playing Angry Birds on it right now. <laughs> um, and so, so we built, and, and also lots of people who work on a mobile device also need to access their work on a desktop device sometimes. So we built out this web app. Um, uh, late, uh, let's see, early last year we got a call from the folks at SlideShare. Um, they had noticed that the decks on their site that get the most engagement are decks that were created with Haiku Deck. So we did an integration project in partnership with them. Now you can create Haiku Decks uh, right from SlideShare as well as from haikudeck.com. Um, and, uh, and so here we are today. Um, and and uh, it's been a crazy ride. Oh, yeah. Sounds like a really fascinating story. And you mentioned that you started the, the conception of the how to make the prototype and the idea of Haikudeck based on four principles. And what are the main points that the product has nowadays that really uh, stand out or differentiate from the PowerPoint or, or right. traditional software? So at its highest level, um, we have sacrificed a lot of the feature richness that you find in traditional tools in exchange for delivering on this one promise, which is we make it very difficult for our users to create an ugly presentation. <laughs> um, and so, uh, so let's go through those four things one by one. So the first is focus on one idea per slide. What we do is we make it difficult 
to create slides that have too many words on them. Mm. The text resizes as you type more words. And so we're giving the user subtle feedback, hey, you're going to you're gonna have to edit this language here or else the font's going to be too small to read. Um, so that's the first thing. We're, we're essentially, we are doing for PowerPoint what Twitter did for blogging, right? Mm -hmm. We are limiting the number of characters you can put on the screen. Then uh, at, the, at the root of the product is this incredible image search engine that helps you find relevant, high-quality images that are licensed under the Creative Commons. So they're free and available. And we filter out all the ones that are the wrong size. We filter out all the ones that are low resolution so that when you type in your keywords, we help you find, we, we analyze the language that you put on the slide, and then we help you find relevant images and suggest images that will fit with those ideas. And because the app is cloud-based, we can aggregate data across millions of users and tens of millions of image searches so that we can help you figure out, if you're making a, a slide deck about Finland, we know the best pictures of Finland, um, and, and we can bubble those up to the top. On the consistency front, we give you um, about 20 different themes you can choose from, and these impact the fonts and the image filters. We don't let you create a slide that has mismatching fonts. Most people don't even really realize mm -hmm. how to match fonts or when fonts match. I mean, it, my sort of, the way I think about it as an individual is I can tell a beautiful slide when I see one, but I can't necessarily make a beautiful slide, right? And there are little subtle things like matching of fonts that make a huge difference in creating that, that professionally designed look. So we, we, put, uh, we offer these themes. You get to pick from 20 themes. Um, each theme has one or two fonts embedded in it, so you can't deviate from the themes. You can't create a slide with mismatched fonts. Then the other thing the themes do is they impact the color palette. So when you go to create a chart, um, the, the colors on the chart will automatically match with each other based on professionally designed color palettes. So little subtle things like that make a big difference for creating a beautiful result. Um, so, so that's consistent. Uh, so, so one idea per slide, powerful image search, consistency and formatting. The last thing is the charting engine. Um, most people, the way they make charts is they open up a spreadsheet tool, they, they look at their data, they make a chart, mm -hmm. and they're sort of satisfied if they can just get the chart to be accurate. Uh, and, and generally people give up there, right, because they don't have the skills to make the chart look amazing. Mm -hmm. um, but it's a struggle, and it's very cumbersome, because you, you have to do it in one tool, then you have to export it, pull it into the other tool, and it never looks exactly the way you want. Um, we built a charting engine that allows you to create a simple bar chart, pie chart, or stat chart. And if you um, make a bar chart and you want to make the bar a little bigger, you can use your fingertip on the iPad or, or a mouse on the, on the web, and you can just drag the bars to make them the right size. Um, so it's sort of, it's, it's what we've always, uh, as users, what we've always wanted in a charting tool. Oh, I just want to put the line there. I just want to make the bar there. Um, and, and so we give people, we sort of pulled in some of the things that make the iPad great, that tactile nature of working with software, and made it really easy for people to just quickly get the job done. Oh, yeah, it's, it's very interesting that you are still focusing on these core principles and you force that the user, well, don't have to worry about um, doing things well because the, the software will will be smart and help them and and even facilitate to be um, safe and 
avoid errors, right? Like right, mismatching, right. Um, mismatching fonts. Right? It's, it's, it's quite difficult for someone who is not really trained for, for design. Right? right. Sounds really, really interesting to try. Adam, could you tell us why is storytelling is important for someone who has to give a presentation? Well, of course. I mean, we can start with the science. Right? Mm -hmm. There's all kinds of science that says that, that uh, people don't remember facts as well as they remember stories. So wrapping up your key messages in stories makes your message more memorable. And, and if you think about it, at its fundamental level, the reason we, we get up on stage or the reason we get up in front of a boardroom or the reason we make a presentation in the first place is we want people to remember what we said. <laughs> so, so, uh, so don't take my word for it. Take the scientists' word for it. This is well documented and, and uh, not at all controversial. Um, from the dawn of time, human beings have been telling stories uh, on the walls of caves uh, up until, you know, to the, to the walls of pyramids to today. And so, um, and then I guess if you extend that metaphor from the walls of caves to the walls of pyramids to the walls of Facebook, if you think about it, we're all spending hours a day on average staring at stories and pictures with words on social media. And um, for the first time in the history of humanity, we as individuals have incredible access to telling stories through these new social platforms. So from my perspective, um, storytelling has never been more important than it is today because we all of a sudden have this amazing opportunity to reach a global audience with, um, with whatever amazing idea or incredible story we have to tell. And I, I think that's fundamentally what gets me excited about this, um, this category in, in the software business is that I think as an entrepreneur, telling a story is the best thing that I get to do in the course of a day. I love telling stories. And, uh, and, and that's one of the things that helps make me successful. So, so I want to share that with the world. I want other people to be able to achieve success through storytelling. And, and that, that's, that's what we love about uh, the work we're doing at Haiku Deck. And t telling a story, I think, is something related to the, the decks. Could you describe a bit the, the decks that, uh, because I saw, for instance, your deck and some others on, on your website? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, one of the ways that, 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 uh, that we, we use the product for everything internally, um, and so we all made decks about ourselves to sort of tell our personal story so that our users uh, who are interested can learn about the, the people on the team. Um, and so we've, you know, and, and this sort of, this idea has taken hold with some of our users who have used Haiku Deck to make visual resumes as a way to stand out yes. in their job search or as they build their personal brand. Um, we also have a lot of podcasters that use Haiku Deck to create sort of visual summaries of each podcast episode mm -hmm. that they're able to share through more visual social channels. So, you know, whether they're posting to a Pinterest uh, board or to Twitter or to Facebook, it's a way to draw people in to content that might not be inherently visual, like a podcast. Sure, sure. And is that true? Because just a, a beautiful picture plus one very short text is a story itself, right? Of course. And there's, you know, again, look, you know, don't take my word for it. Talk to the scientists. There's uh, it's well documented that social posts that have photos get about 50% more 
engagement than social yes. posts without without a visual. So, um, you know, that's why we see uh, so much pickup amongst Twitter users and um, and people who are promoting their book or promoting their service or promoting their whatever. Sure. Adam, do you believe that a haiku deck can coexist with more traditional software such as PowerPoint? Of course, of course. I mean, look, PowerPoint's going nowhere. Uh, you know, I, well, I don't mean that in a negative way. PowerPoint's <laughs> going to be with us for a while, right? And um, it's, you know, it, it, is, uh, it is a great tool for many occasions. Um, we support export of our content into PowerPoint because we realize that lots of our users, for one reason or another, need to work within PowerPoint. Our, our goal is to help make it 10 times faster and easier for people to create um, presentations that are 10 times better. And if they, want, if they want the end result to live in PowerPoint, we're happy with that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and could you tell us, uh, now that, of course, we, you give us a lot of interest about uh, Haiku Deck, how to get started? Is, uh, is Haiku Deck free? There's uh, some free version. Could you explain us a bit? Yeah, so our website, haikudeck.com, it's spelled H-A-I-K-U-D-E-C-K.com. You can go there and you can download the free iPad app or the free, uh, or you can log into our free web app. Um, so that's available today. We just started offering a pre-sale of our paid offering, which we call Haiku Deck Zuru. Mm -hmm. And as I mentioned a minute ago, our, our vision is to make it 10 times faster and easier for people to create decks that are 10 times more impactful. Um, Zuru uses artificial intelligence to automatically analyze any structured content. We're starting with um, Evernote outlines or PowerPoint decks. And we can ingest that file, analyze it, use artificial intelligence to figure out what are the key ideas and match those ideas with pictures. Then we use more artificial intelligence to, to analyze the pictures that we choose for the user and figure out uh, where to put the words on the slide based on the, the qualities of the photo. Um, and essentially, we can, we've automated the process of creating a deck or of taking an existing deck and making it better. Um, so that's our paid offering. It's, uh, it's available for pre-sale, sort of like Kickstarter style right now for um, 30 bucks, which is half the price of, of, uh, of what it'll be uh, when we launch um, later this year. That is for per year or? Yeah. Per year, okay. Good. Adam, please share with us your favorite quotation. My favorite quotation? <laughs> oh, gosh, there's, uh, there's so many. I mean, I, I, I think uh, one of the things that's really inspired our work here is a, um, is a TED Talk by Simon Sinek who, who mm. talks about, his, the quotation is, start with why. And, um, and he, what he talks about is, is that especially in our, our field of technology, um, people tend to talk about a lot about what they build. Yes. And um, at the core of his message is if you, if you put the reason for being uh, at the beginning of your story, um, it, it, it really helps your audience connect with you. And, and this to me is sort of the, the crux of, of the importance of storytelling. Um, the metaphor he uses in his TED Talk is, uh, is Martin Luther King, uh, when he made his famous speech in Washington, D.C. in the 60s, his civil rights speech, uh, he, he was essentially presenting a plan, but he didn't talk about having a plan. He talked about having a dream, <laughs> and, uh, and his dream really was the perfect illustration of why uh, he thought the civil rights movement was so important. 
and uh, and and not necessarily um, what uh, 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 he was going to do about it. And uh, and so you know that's why when when we talk about our business, we, we tend to put the the vision first, right? We think that storytelling is the best uh, thing that entrepreneurs or teachers or preachers or uh, or individuals get to do. You know, sharing an idea, telling a story, it's one of the fundamental great things about humanity. And we want to make that 10 times faster and easier for people to, to do in a way that's 10 times better. That's our why. And, uh, and that being able to put that first has had a huge impact on, on uh, our ability to connect with our, with our target audience. Yeah, that's, uh, that uh, Simon Sinek uh, TED Talk is really, really amazing. Yeah, it's inspiring. It's very inspiring. Adam, could you recommend us one book that has inspired you and you think our listeners should read it? Yeah, sure. There's a, a book um, that's uh, written by the brother of one of my my heroes, and it's about uh, about my friend Whit Alexander. It's called Bright Lights, No City, and it's about my friend Whit's adventure in Ghana, trying to build a business uh, to provide consumer products to people in remote uh, t villages across West Africa. And it's this very inspiring tale of, of, uh, of grit and perseverance and entrepreneurial struggle. And it's a fantastic story about life, for, uh, life in, in central Ghana. Um, I totally recommend it. Bright Lights, No City. The author is Max Alexander. Hmm. Sounds like a great book. It is. It's fantastic. Adam, this is almost the end of the interview, but now could you share with us an exercise, something practical that you recommend to do in daily or weekly as a routine to shine? <laughs> That's a good question. You know, I do a lot of my best thinking when I'm moving. So um, I tend to, uh, you know, I use a treadmill desk when, when I'm not recording podcasts. I, I use a treadmill <laughs> desk. I take a lot of my conference calls and meetings uh, while walking outside. So that's, okay. that's, my, that's my one thing. To be moving. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Thank you very much, Adam, for sharing the story of Haiku Deck, which is really, really inspiring and I think has some will have a bright future. Good for the company and good for the people who are going to use it. Actually, it sounds like it's very innovative and will help us a lot. This uh, Haiku Sek uh, Suru, right? There's the new, the new paid version that you are just launching. Sounds really. That's uh, right. And and yeah, I mean, if your listeners uh, go to haikudeck.com forward slash Zuru, Z-U-R-U, mm -hmm. they can watch our, watch our video and consider whether or not they'd like to become a charter member. Oh, thanks. That's really great. Finally, could you tell us how listeners can follow you, learn more about you? Oh, sure. My Twitter handle is at Adam, T-R, A-D-M-T-R. And, um, and I've, our website is haikudeck.com, H-A-I-K-U-D-E-C-K. Com, and I'm Adam at HaikuDeck.com. So I'd love to hear from any of your users, and uh, especially if they have feedback or suggestions about what we've built or what we should build next, uh, we'd love to hear from people. Thank you very much, Adam. All the best. All right, Oscar, same to you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Dear listeners of Time to Shine, this is the end of today's episode. If you like our show, Please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, or for more information, visit our website www.timetoshinepodcast.com. 
Welcome to listen to us again next week.